This podcast is brought to you by Choke Aloha. Head over to chokealoha.com, use the promo code Jujitsu Radio, and get 20% off. Choke Aloha is a homegrown brand originally based out of Kauai, Hawaii, starring the Aloha for Brazilian Jiu Jitsu through. Oh, did I say starring? It's supposed to be sharing. sharing. I can't even read. Anyway, they share the aloha for Brazilian jiu-jitsu through premium quality accessories and apparel. Spread Choke Aloha wherever you go and always roll with Choke Aloha. Respect everyone, especially your training partners, always. Except for Sean. I don't respect you, Sean. Good. I just want to let you know. But. I don't want, you, I don't want your respect. You see? Well, that's good. Well, then you don't have Choke Aloha. No Choke Aloha for you. But you guys can. Go to ChokeAloha.com. Use the promo code Jiu-Jitsu Radio. Get 20% off. Then. You can head over to jujitsusoapco.com. Use the promo code JJRadio. Get 10% off. Um, a lot of people have been asking just exactly what is Jujitsu Soap Co. Um, Jujitsu Soap products are not made in a large factory. They're not uh, made out of some marketing boardroom. They were created out of a small home-based company after they were trying to find a product that met their needs after trying expensive products that only seemed to help with one aspect of skin irritation or inexpensive products that didn't seem to do what they claimed they began to create a superior product which i agree which i also need to get the tiger blood antifungal spray i would suggest you guys try it out and uh, also pick up some of the bath bombs they got a couple of new uh, bath bombs would they be flavors or fragrances Depends. It depends if it depends if you want to eat depends it or how not. Hungry you yeah. are, right? So go check it out. Go to jujitsusoapco.com. Use the promo code JJ Radio. Also check out giraffechoke.com. Use the promo code JJ Radio and get twenty percent off on all orders of fifty dollars or more. You see my shirt? Yeah, it says heel hook. You know who's never done a heel hook a day in his life? You the guy wearing it but yeah. i'll wear the shirt so i'll fake it till i make it check out giraffe choke uh giraffe choke was a brand built which expresses the fun and camaraderie that exists in martial arts it's not about puffing your chest or walking aggressively like sean tries to do when he walks through his uh up to his next grinder date it's more about training hard sharpening it's about setting the tone you gotta set the tone early <laughs> i gotta it's all about setting the mood you know you're a power bottom um, I don't even know what that means. Like <laughs> I've heard it, I've heard it said so many times. I have no idea what a power bottom is. Well, that's a lie. Anyway, it's not. Uh, Draft Choke has some deeply rooted philosophies in traditional martial arts, which they want to share with the world. So go check out GiraffeChoke.com. Use the promo code JJ Radio. And finally, I want to give out a good welcome to our newest sponsor, Monstros Brand. Go to MonstrosBrand.com. Use the promo code JJCast15 and get 15% off your order. Um, did you talk to your boy about hooking us up with those? What are yeah. you hooking us up? I, I already got hooked up. Some of my bitch. I'm trying to get you hooked up. <laughs> yeah, I got to get hooked up. I need that kaiju sh- uh, jujitsu shirt. I already have it. Kaiju jitsu. That's great. really hard to say. Kaiju jitsu. It's yeah. not that hard. You've just fucked it up too. Kaiju jitsu? Yeah, okay. It's easy to say the third time around. Anyway, go check out MonstrosBrand.com. Use the promo code JJCast15. Uh, big thanks to Monsters Brand for joining the podcast and supporting us. And I think with that, we can get this party started. Let's do this. You can't need <laughs> Here's the deal. 
deal. I'm the best there is, plain and simple. I mean, I wake up in the morning, I piss excellence, and nobody can hang with my stuff. Keep stealing, woo, wheeling, dealing, living the right, jet flying, son of a gun, and I'm having a hard time holding these alligators down. Woo! All right, we're back. We're uh, back. We're back. And we're back. We're back. Uh, actually, before we start uh, the podcast off, I just wanted to issue a quick uh, apology to our good friends over at the Armory. Uh, when Sean and I were speaking last time, it kind of sounded like uh, we said something wrong. It made it sound like you know we aren't good friends with the folks at the Armory. And actually, the Armory is actually one of my favorite places to go and, and hang out and train. So just want to apologize to our friends over at the Armory. If you guys are ever up in Jupiter, go check them out. They have a great school with an amazing professor who actually just released a DVD who actually the DVD sold out so congratulations to him with that being said we're getting back to our regularly scheduled program and I have some crazy news for you today oh here we go I actually have surprise of the week and there actually there's like three or four things and they just popped up um let me see let me Go ahead and fix this computer real quick. I want to make sure that we don't end up crashing while we're well, recording. I don't want to have dead air, so let no. me uh, let me go ahead. Let and me begin and go ahead and say that last weekend we had a great show at XFN. Has yeah, it was our go? first time on uh, Flow Combat, which was rad being on Flow Combat, and um, got a lot of exposure from that. A lot of we were on the newsletter and. Uh, well, I'm glad you brought that up because that was actually one of the things that I was going to... Surprise me with? I already knew it. Well, no. I was going to talk to you about uh, Wagner and Wagner's win over at DXFN uh, grappling uh, competition. Mm-hmm. Well, what was it? Combat Jiu-Jitsu. Combat Jiu-Jitsu. Uh, and Wagner actually, funny enough, after everything that's been going on, we talked a little bit about it a couple of weeks ago, you and I. Um, there's an article on flowgrappling.com. You guys should really check it out. Um, written by Highwell Teague. He's a great writer. He, uh, he's one of the, the head guys over at uh, Flow Grappling. And it talks about Wagner and the truth bomb, I guess, he laid out on everybody in regards to his jiu-jitsu. Now, Wagner gets a lot of shit for, for his jiu-jitsu, especially after what happened at the Kasai Pro 3. Oh, where he the, beat Marcin Held with the, uh, with the, the wrist lock. The, which was legit. It was a legit wrist lock. What, what I think is funny is that, did you ever play Mercy when you were a kid? Yes, the same, same deal. Right? But here's the thing. I don't know. Here's the thing. And, and I talked to Wagner uh, about it the other day. And uh, what he was saying is, is he, he doesn't think, I don't think he actually submitted uh, Marcin. Mm-hmm. He thinks Marcin was trying to play the... Uh, Play the system. Tried to go like, hey, what's going on here? Tried to get him DQ'd. Yeah. And it backfired. So now, I've worked with Marcin before. And obviously, like, filming and stuff like that. I don't know him that well to what mm-hmm. to know whether or not that's something that he would do. What I do know is that if I was grabbed by Wagner like that, I would tap like that too. And at the end of the day, he tapped. Um, yep. A wrist lock is a wrist lock. It doesn't matter where it comes from. Um, and it was legit. I do think he was trying to play it up. I don't understand why he was trying to play it up. For people that didn't watch the match, basically, it lasted all of about 30 seconds. Um, if you Maybe. ever, Yeah. If <laughs> you ever watch any kind of no-gi matches, 
even some wrestling matches, the the guys will usually grab each other's hands. Very seldom do they actually intertwine fingers um, because there's Greco-Roman knuckle lock is what they call it in professional wrestling. So there's a high risk of really, really getting hurt because it's very easy to, to kind of crack the fingers that way. Um, so Wagner with his right hand grabs Marcin's left hand. They actually ended up intertwining fingers and Wagner right away started to turn his hand and going for a wrist lock. And Marcin was just kind of like looking at the ref saying, hey, what's going on here? Uh, are you seeing this? And uh, next thing you know, he tapped. Because if you've ever shaken Wagner Roach's hand, it is a very manly, beefy hand. So one way or another, he's getting a hold of you. He's insanely strong. Now, I just want you guys to hear what Alex said. And that was beefy. not Sean saying that Wagner has a, a beefy. manly, beefy hand. Go shake his hand. He'll say the exact same thing. shake his hand. The other you ever break. shook Bigfoot Silva's hand? No. But okay. I, I did shake the Big Show's hand. Okay. So and that's that's like getting your hand wrapped in a frying pan. Yeah, that's like... I'm six foot four. I'm a pretty big guy. I've never felt like a little kid at my size until... I, I met Bigfoot and I shook his hand. I'm like, oh, well, I feel like a dainty little lady shaking your hand. Thanks. Anyway, so back to the subject. So Wagner's been getting a lot of heat from uh, from uh, this match. So he posted uh, a nice little mini essay. Hopefully, it's, honestly, you know what I hope it is? Hmm. I hope it's a fuck you to those people. I think well, well, it's a, a, not a very polite, a very educated, polite, it's a very educated, polite, educated fuck, fuck you. you. So to give you kind of the, the breakdown, and this is what I brought up when I went to go and film Gilbert over at Wagner's gym, is that I really kind of got a, a mini enlightenment about jujitsu. And it's kind of what he says in the post. If you read it, I'm not going to read the whole thing because it's a pretty long post. But basically, everybody refers to this as the gentle art. And he's like, that's not what jujitsu is. That's bullshit. It's not gentle. You're sitting there. You're supposed to try and break somebody's arms. Now, we're gentle because a lot of us aren't. We're what I would refer to as weekend warriors. Even if you train five or six times a week, to me, you're a weekend warrior. Unless you're someone like Wagner or Gilbert or any of these guys that compete. That's just the way that it is, you know? Um so when you see him do certain moves, you're like, oh, that's dirty. That's not dirty. That's grappling. That's jujitsu. He's, if, if this was a legitimate fight, which technically it is, if it's a legitimate fight where you're defending yourself, which you are, then you're going to go for these things. It's 100% legal. You're grappling. You're fighting for your life. So I see him do stuff which, you know, coming off of the loss that I had in Miami Open where I was like really upset of like, all I got was like stalled out because I didn't want to go to that level of thinking like, oh, what I'm doing is dirty, which is not really dirty. So I'm fighting and that's my mistake. And I learned it from, from sitting there and like I said, watching Wagner, like, yeah, like I should be able to do this. Why don't I do that? Like at the end of the day, I'm trying to achieve a certain goal and this person's trying to stop me for it. You have to take it to that level. So as much heat as he's getting, I'm 100% with him. I 100% like well, he, agree here, with him. What here's when I tell when I tell my white belts that it's the gentle art. It's not that I mean we go easy and it's what what the gentle art means to me. What I've always taken the gentle art connotation for jujitsu to mean is the that we don't if you do it correctly with the correct technique 
you shouldn't have to muscle everything right. you do. I I agree with you. Like especially from from a teaching a white belt point of view is that you have to to use that terminology so you don't end up getting spazzes. Right. And everybody everybody's a, everybody's a spaz at a white belt. I don't care who you are. Your first time on those mats, you're going to spaz. You're a spaz for the first 6 months, right, at really. least, at least. So, when I explain so that's what I when I when I when I think the gentle art, I don't think, oh, we're not trying to hurt each other. I don't think, oh, this this move is like wrist locks are dirty or heel hooks are dirty because they're not to me. They're part of jujitsu. To me, the part that is the gentle art is the fact that if we do our technique correctly, it should not be all muscle, all explosion. It right. should just get there with right. the technique. And here's the thing. I Like I said, I agree with, with the way Wagner looks at it. Uh, for me, it was a little bit of a, not an epiphany, I guess. It was like an epiphany of like taking my stuff to, to the next level. But... I think at a certain point, anybody who does jiu-jitsu, once you get past that spaz phase and you have to really learn how to manipulate your body and understand what you're really, really trying to do, 100%, you have to start doing that kind of stuff. You do. Maybe not as much in training so you don't hurt your partners. You can still do it without really hurting someone. But at the end of the day, you do have to toughen the fuck up and you have to do it. Uh, I'm not going to read the post that he made because it's kind of long. But I definitely suggest you go and follow Wagner on social media and go read the post because it is uh, enlightening for some people. Read it with an open mind. Um, don't be judgmental. Uh, don't be a dick. And just because you don't agree with it right away doesn't mean that it's not um, truth. So that was one of the things. It's funny enough you brought up the XFN thing because he was the first one I wanted to talk about. And he's also like a really nice guy. Yeah, I, yeah, for sure. Like, That's the thing. Like, he's, he's definitely... Um, he kind of like... He kind of big brothered his his opponent. Yeah, kind of big brothered him. Like I think I think Wagner could have submitted him. Yeah, at any point in at, time. At any point in time, yeah. like there was one point where he was just holding onto the foot, and he could have just toe holded him. Yeah, with ease and decided not to. And I don't know if there was something that I and I said it on the commentary. If you watch the match, you can hear my commentary. Can they or, watch it? Post? They can watch it on flow. If you have a flow grappling. Um, account account you can watch the match for sure yeah so go um, check it out actually go support XFN uh, shout out to my and boy shout, and support me motherfuckers fuck you I'm the Who commentator I'm the commentator of XFN I'm Gorilla Boy BJJ you are Blake's sidekick let's just go ahead and and say what it is you're Blake's sidekick no, Blake no, runs the show. We are a Blake is the we one are with the well-oiled machine. No, he I, is. I think he, he is, well oils you. He is you. play by play. I am color. Yeah, so play by play runs the show. Color is just you sprinkle your fairy dust. Well, if, if without the color, it would just be drab and black and white, and nobody wants to. Watch are you that. calling my boy Blake? No, I'm not. Drab? Actually, Blake wants to be on the podcast. I told him we'll get I, him on. I told him anytime he can come yeah. on here. So yeah. Shout out to Blake and uh, yeah, go support XFN. Uh, you know my boy Daniel and Hyam put a put a lot of work into that, and they do a lot of work. If you guys don't remember, they're the ones I did a did a lot of work with XFN, taking their photos, and they're an amazing organization. Yeah, ne- next show's in December. It's going to be an all pro show, and we're talking. Uh, I was talking to them yesterday. Hopefully, we can get a uh, few more. The uh, combat grappling matches were well received, so hopefully, we can get a few more of those on the show, and everybody will be happy. 
All right. So with that being said, I hate to bring it back down, but I got some more shitty news for you. Great. Yeah. Can you guess where this is going? Did some it's shitty is shitty is it like did someone poop on the mat? No, I would have rather that someone pooped on the mat. Okay. Uh, so this is coming out of NBC San Diego. Jiu-jitsu instructor accused of sex abuse of child confessed employer. Fuck yeah. you, yeah. dude. Another fucking guy. Another week, another fucking guy. Can you believe this? Let me read the article. Um, a Chula Vista jiu-jitsu instructor is in custody arrested on suspicion of sexually abusing a minor. Gabrielle Gonzalez, 39, is accused of committing a lewd act on a child under the age of 14 in a misdemeanor count of willful cruelty to a child, according to National City Police. He was arrested on Saturday morning. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, Elias Gallegos was Gonzalez's boss at Alliance Eastlake and the Chula Vista Jiu-Jitsu Club, which he owns. Um, they have been close friends for 15 years leading up to last Friday when Gallegos confronted Gonzalez about the accusations. He took a big, deep breath, and he looked at me and said, let me explain, Gallegos said. For me, that was it, and he admitted that he had, what, he had done what he was accused of. So... Gallegos went on to say that Gonzalez told him drugs made him do it. So here we, here we have another guy who just, he could have been taking steroids or street drugs, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it's a whole article. It's out there. Um, drugs, this, drugs don't make you do that. Drugs make you fucking rob people to get your fix. Drugs make you... Um, Steal from your friends, steal from your family. Drugs make you. Drugs make you do all kinds of all stuff. All kinds like, of shit. It doesn't make I, you abuse children. No, man. It makes you do all kinds of shit. I, it, but it, you can't blame it on the drugs. If you're a scumbag piece of shit, you're going to sit there and blame your fucking uncle and Santa Claus for all that fucking matters. So it's just. It's another one of those things that's like, fuck, man. It sucks because we're such a niche community and it keeps on happening. But the way that I see it is. I think this is something that has always gone on in, and it sucks to think about it this way, but it's something that's always gone on in martial arts school, especially cookie cutter schools, like those fucking fake karate guys, like back in the 80s and 70s or whatever. And it's just because we have people that are maybe stronger, or it's more accepted in society for people to come out and, and stand up for themselves, that it's coming out more and more. I don't think that this is just a new phase that all of a sudden it's just fucking happening left, right, and center. I think it's just people now are more willing to stand up for themselves. But this is fucked up. Like, this is like a serious, serious thing like that people really need to fucking understand it's a fucking issue. Yeah, well, it, it's... Here's the thing. It, it's... It's hard to stop it, because you don't know who's a sicko. It, like, it could be... It might not be karate. It could be a surfing school. It could be a tennis, you know, and we've heard it in tennis. We've heard it in, in football with Jerry Sandusky. Yeah. Like, so it's, it's like, like it doesn't matter. It, it's when, what it is, is is predators will find a way in yeah. however they can get there. Now, I told you about, like, I went, to, I went to private school in middle school, right? And it was actually up in Lake Worth. I went to a, to a private school there. And there was a priest there that was the rock star. Everybody fucking loved this guy. Everybody fucking loved this guy. He was the the Irish priest, the, like pastor Ed, like always had funny jokes and stuff like that. He talked to everybody, this, that, and the other. Mind you, I was also an altar boy. 
So I would also have to go there on Sundays, be up there, do the whole fucking thing and, and help him out and stuff like that. Then one day he's like, oh, I'm leaving. I have to go. I got a job up in New York. It's, I have to leave. And everybody's like, oh, man. Real was, quick, yeah. right? It was super quick. It was really out of fucking left field. Um, and he said, oh, I have heart problems. They said he had a heart attack and all this other stuff. It was really weird. Everyone had different excuses. And the funny part is everybody was super duper fucking sad that this guy left. He's like, oh, he's great, blah, 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 all this other bullshit. So come to find out years and years later, he was actually accused of like molesting kids. And he was accused of doing all this other stuff and they were like keeping it under wraps. And like the, the diocese was keeping it under wraps by sending him up to some other like place up in New York. So it's like it's fucking shady, like you said. You don't know who the fuck it. Like you don't know what happens behind fucking closed yep. doors. And the funny part is, I remember we would have to go change in the back. So if I came in on a Sunday, to come in early, we'd have to go to the back, and we all had our fucking whatever stupid little robes we had to put on, and they would come back there too. So while we were like changing against the Freddy, like they would come in and out. And like you're all guys, you don't really think about it. But then like after the fact, I'm like shit. Like, I was fucking dodging bullets left and right. I guess I, was the, I must have not been you, you sexy weren't enough. His, you, yeah. you weren't his style. Yeah, was, but shit, man. Like, not to make light of the situation, but fuck. But so, and look, here's the thing. Sometimes you have to make light of the situation. Or you'll go crazy. Or you'll go crazy. Or yeah. it, it's just too negative of a situation. Not that we'd ever, like, make, you know, make little, belittle something, but it's like... Dude, sometimes you just have to find a way to laugh about things or else you'll 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 collapse yeah. into the black hole of horror that is what it is. So, uh, we'll move on it just cuz I don't want to fucking have another shitty fucking thing like that, but it's pretty fucked up. I think the the real first step to to stopping this stuff is that parents need to understand that you can't use these things as babysitters. You can't send your kids out to some school. And, and it sucks that we can't have that kind of trust in other human beings. But you have to be a parent and you have to teach your kids. I mean, that's why they're going into jujitsu to defend themselves from this yeah. kind of stuff. And, you know, they have to, you have to really kind of keep an eye on your kids and, and teach them to, to kind of defend themselves on that stuff. But fuck that guy. So big fuck you to uh, Gabriel, Gabriel Gonzalez on Chula Vista. I hope you meet the booty warrior. How funny was that video? Yeah. So if you guys, like, we talked about it last week. If you've never heard of the booty warrior, just Google the booty warrior. Preferably not on company time because you will get in trouble. But it's a fucking hilarious uh, documentary. Unless you work for yourself, then feel free. Uh, Moving on. Remember we talked about Kevin Lee? Yes. So Kevin Lee accepted the match. Right. Problem is, is that it's in the works. But it won't be televised. I thought it was going to be not televised, but pro- uh, broadcast over Instagram, Instagram Live. Live. And Kevin Lee says, like, what's the fucking point of that? It's like, I'm not going to fucking do it. Like, that's too small. Which I agree. He's too big of a draw for him to do it on fucking Instagram Live. And at the end of the day, let's be honest, Kevin Lee's probably got more fans than Dylan Damas does. So it'd be a dumb move for them to do something like this for that much money. Um on uh on instagram live i would honestly say go to flow grappling just do it on flow grappling or see if the ufc will throw well they won't because he's bellator so they won't give him that but yeah this should definitely be on flow grappling 
Um, it seems to me, though, if you listen to the interview on MMA Junkie that Kevin Lee did, I think he screwed up in the uh, conversation, and they're not doing it for 100 k I think they kind of came to an agreement like, hey, yeah, uh, let's not fucking put 100 k on the line. Let's just do this, talk shit, and just go about our business. That's what it seems like to me because when they ask him about it, you know, they're like, why won't you televise it, whatever. He's like, what do I care? They're like, he's like, well, you got 100 grand on the line. Oh, no, he said something like, oh, if I lose, I lose. Big deal. I grapple every day. What do I care? And they're like, oh, there's 100K on the line. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's 100 Gs. It would suck. But, you know, whatever. I'm like, mm, I, I don't know if you fucking dropped the ball on that one or he kind of slipped up on it. Well, here's the thing. I get, I get, I get the the added um, incentive of throwing the money in there, but dude, it doesn't need it. If, if this is for bragging rights, fuck that. How you say it doesn't need it? For sure, it needs. Would it. you watch it regardless if there was a hundred grand, two hundred grand on the line? I would not. I would not be as inclined to make sure I didn't miss it. If you're telling me someone could lose a hundred grand, I'd be like, oh, I have to watch this. I have to see someone's fucking spirit crumble live on television. But if you're telling me, ah, oh, no, that's just another like jujitsu grappling match, like, okay, cool. I'll watch it afterwards when I'm done. Like, that's the thing. That hundred grand just puts that that little bit of bait on the whole thing where it's like, oh, who's fucking who's got a lot of explaining to do to the to the wife or girlfriend when they come home? For Kevin Lee, I think it's like girlfriend, wife. For uh, Dylan Danis, it's Connor. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Wait, are you saying that... Totally saying what I exactly meant to say. Are you saying that Dylan Danis is Connor's B-I-T-C-H? He wears him... Is that what you're saying? Is that what you're saying, Alex? What's the phrase? I'm saying he wears him like a pinky ring. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) Speaking of rings... Have you ever heard the term degloving? Of course. I, that's why I told people not to wear their rings. Okay. So of course. there's an Instagram account that I follow. Let me um, bring this back up. I forget the actual name. But for those of you that don't know, degloving is the medical term for when someone basically rips the meat off their finger down to the bone down to the bone it's like you're literally taking the sleeve off of a jacket and it happens when you wear a metal ring it happens a lot to people who work with heavy machinery and stuff like that and they wear a metal ring and it gets caught on something or it also happens in grappling for people who wear their wedding rings while grappling and get it caught in a shirt or a gi or you know somebody's nutsack I don't know yeah so, I advise you, if you have a strong stomach like me and you're just completely desensitized to the world, to follow the Instagram account Mrs. and Jemmy. It's Mrs. M-R-S underscore A-N-G-E-M-I. Mind you, I gave you the warning. So, this uh, lady is a, um, I guess she does autopsies. She does autopsies. She's a doctor. She does all this stuff. And she posted this photo. You ready for this? Yeah. Oh, because this is amazing. Ooh. And when I'm talking about degloving, think of your last knuckle on your ring finger 
and from there to the fingertip is just nothing but bone. Well, you know they, the bottom. You know they can't fix that. Oh yeah, of course you can't fix you it. Got, We're not can, fucking you, reptiles. You can. You, well, no. She, like even if they had everything, like the skin and the meat and all that shit, the only thing they can do is amputate. Yeah. That's it. So this there's guy, no saving that finger. This guy is permanently throwing the shocker, without a question. So two in the pink, one in the stink for this guy for life. So. I was thinking of all the times that I was rolling with someone and said, bro, you sure you want to keep that on? Mm-hmm. Like, you sure you want to have that on? So this guy, the one in the, in the Instagram photo, I guess he was jumping a fence. And when he got down to the other side, he slipped and it got caught. Oh! So, and I've gotten close to it. I've actually gotten close to having that. I was playing basketball in one of those old school fucking lots that has the chain nets instead of the cloth ones. And my dumb white ass... Thought I could dunk at that point in time in my life, which I couldn't. Now I can, but I couldn't back then. My hand skims the the chain net on the way down, and it catches a hook. And I literally filleted the very like first layer of my finger from the bottom knuckle to the fingertip. It was just like, you know when you see those... Those infomercial videos of a knife just taking that super thin layer of tomato. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what happened on my finger. Right hand or left hand? Uh, right hand. So I was lonelier than usual. Yeah, for that's a while. what I was going to say. <laughs> I cut you off to the joke, asshole. Looks like you had to take a break. It was a high school. It was a tough time. Yeah, tough time all around. Definitely. That's when you learn about becoming ambidextrous. But that's why, you know, if you do jujitsu or any combat sport or any sport, Invest. Don't wear fucking jewelry. No, and if you want to wear your wedding ring, invest in those Kahlo rings or any of those cheap silicone rings that you can buy off of Amazon or wherever. You could go to Walmart and they cost like two bucks. Yeah, silicone. If that gets caught, it rips. It's gone. Yeah. Bye, 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 bye. But your finger stays safe. And if your wife is that insecure, bro, where she makes you wear your jewelry when you're rolling, we we got other things to deal with. But yeah, no, definitely. Do not wear jewelry while training. Well, it's sometimes it's not even that. Sometimes people wear their ring for so long that they can't even get it off. Yeah. Sure. And that's why I'm actually like a big proponent for just doing the tattoo thing. I'm not even a pro- I, I just say wear the, wear the rubber ring or take your ring on and off daily so it never gets stuck. Yeah. You can get it adjusted. You can always go and get it adjusted. The mm-hmm. older you get, the, the looser your, your meat flaps get. So I would say, don't wear jewelry. Definitely go follow her because it's a hilarious and like that. The, even the bottom digit was gone. No, it was all gone. The bo- no, the bottom like yeah, yeah, digit. I don't know where that went. No, that's gone. It's gone. I'm talking about it's down to the bone. Like you would see, like a skeleton. It's past that last knuckle up to the fingertip. Imagine it's what gone. you would. Would you be looking at it the whole time? Or would you not look at it the whole time on the way to the hospital? Um, would I would look like, at it. Would you be like, what the fuck? I would totally look at it because that's the last chance you get to see like your bone outside of a super gruesome injury like that. When I broke this one, so I actually did break that exact same finger from that photo. I broke it. And uh, just past the knuckle, I was a white belt, spaz white belt, training with another spaz white belt. And we were practicing like the Toriana passes. So I had the pant legs. And the guy I was training with just kicked at the like the worst possible time. We hadn't even started yet. Probably just, right when you were going to grab it. Yeah, and he just pulled it. And I just heard a giant pop. It sounded 
Like I instantly thought it sounded like a carrot snapping. And I looked down and my finger from that knuckle on was all the way, like my ring finger nail was touching the bottom of my index finger, like meat, like past the knuckle. So it was like, I could have touched it with just making a fist. Super gross. Popped it right back into place. Um, actually, Fernando, Professor Fernando uh, uh, was there. He was the one that helped me out. But that was the last time where you're like, oh, yeah, I definitely broke my finger. So I would definitely be desensitized to, to watch it. I've seen it. I'm so just, I have a high pain tolerance. So I would be like, oh, hey. Plus, I'm nosy. I'd want to like just check out to see how my finger works. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. If something like that happens, I don't know. Are you the, like, would you faint? Would you be like, oh, I don't think I'd faint, but I'd be like... You look like you would faint. I don't know if I would faint because I don't faint. If I were ever to faint... Yes, you do. We've talked about no, it. No, that faint. wasn't fainting. That was laughing so hard I had lost all the oxygen in my lungs. That's what fainting and I, is. No, it's, I passed out. being a bitch. No, no, no. There's a difference between passing out uh-huh. and fainting. What's the difference? Fainting you do from an event... Woody, you gotta go to a fucking marathon. To no, faint? no, no, no. What I'm saying is, it, the horror of an event causes you to faint, but it doesn't cause you to black out. No, what causes you to black out is a physical ailment, like <laughs> laughing so hard. How do you live your life with bullshitting? That is not like, bullshit. That is for sure. That is not. That is. Not. I would have. I would have agreed with you if you would have said fainting is more from lack of blood to the brain. No, but Where it's not. You just like it's not. People, if you faint, it's because it, there's there's not an actual <laughs> event. Like there's not an actual anything physical happening to you. Like that's not true. Let me let okay. Me explain. I'm sorry. I apologize. Let me explain. Can I finish? Can, Can I, I finish? finish? <laughs> so passing out. The reason I passed out was because I laughed so hard that I could not. I had just lost all my air and I had no blood go to my brain. Right. Which is still on my bucket list of to make things happen. By the way. <laughs> my goal is to make you laugh so hard that you black out. The fainting happens when you get lightheaded from a horror or a shock or something that your your brain mentally can't handle. That's what fainting is. Okay, you're gonna stick with that. Yes, because I'm going to Google it right oh, now. Oh, I don't fuck Google. Difference between fainting and passing out would that would that work for you as a definition faint blackout swoon pass out they're all names for the same thing a temporary loss of consciousness followed by a fairly rapid and complete recovery that's from harvard university health my friend yeah but that that doesn't mean that does not take a lot of things into into consideration you know what's one of the funniest fucking videos you'll ever see in your life what Videos of people blacking out on roller coasters. Oh yeah, I love that? that. Or the slingshot. The slingshot is the bad. The slingshot is awesome. But if you ever want to laugh your fucking ass off, there's a video of this kid. I want to say it was like Cedar Rapids or something, and it's on a roller coaster. So you know that first part, that uh, that initial build up, that yep. you're chunk 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 chunk, where you're getting pulled up. As soon as he gets to the top, this is the best video of all time. Someone edited the video to add the Windows shutting down reset. Oh, yes, I've seen that. So as soon as it goes down, like, 
And then he comes back to, and they turn doo doo doo. Oh, it's so funny. And, and he does it like three or four times throughout the uh, ride. It's so for sure, it's bad. He had to have gotten some kind of neurological problem from that, because you cannot sh- turn on, shut off, turn on, shut off that many times in a row without something happening to you. For sure. It's what the, what that is is your it's your brain cannot handle what it is oh, yeah. experiencing. Well, there's people that faint from seeing blood. So yeah, that's a faint. Yeah, that's that's you're a pussy. You know, if fainting happens when you're a pussy. Passing out happens when you shit happens. You know who's bad with that? Is uh, Joe, our buddy from Hardway. Oh, really? Yeah. So when remember the time I broke this hand, I broke uh, I broke this bone like the Wednesday before a tournament, and it snapped. It snapped really bad. So you could see an indentation. Um, so basically, since you guys can't see it, I broke the metacarpal on my right uh, hand. Why are your hands so dainty that they keep breaking? Nah, because I got big hands. You wouldn't know with your little midget hands. My hands are the no, same size. You, our hands are the same size. You are like... Our hands are the same you're size. You're a circus midget with up. an allergic Put reaction. Look at that big Look guy. at that. Look at that. See same that size. Bigger, son. You see that little Same tab? size. Don't, don't... You're, you're just, also... You're, you're, you're just you're, trying you're, to... You, you got like a quarter... Sean. Not even... You got like a quarter inch and you got hey, three inches of height on That them. quarter inch goes far with the ladies. I'm just saying... <laughs> Um, no, so I broke this, this bone and, um, your dainty hand, my dainty man hands and Joe comes up. It's like, Oh dude, you were right. And <laughs> right as he was coming up, I was like, Oh yeah, no problem. I'll pop it right in. So what happened is like, it literally was like an indent. So I could see how it snapped. So all I did was I clenched my fist really hard and popped everything back up into place. And it was right as he was like looking at my hand. I was like, no, I got it. Click. And I just see him like, oh, <laughs> he turned around and it was for sure. If it was something that involved maybe a, a more stronger visual, he would have passed out for sure. But I saw his hand like his face just go like, oh, <laughs> he turned around and bolted. I was like, what's wrong? Come on, buddy. I'm just totally desensitized to that stuff. I've seen. I'm. I'm. I, there's only, like, there's. I don't. I'm not good with, um. Like, I don't like to watch. Like, there was a video on somebody. I, I I was scrolling yesterday on Facebook, and someone showed a video of this lady running deliberately running over two dogs. Did you saw that in Brazil? Yes. Yeah, that was. I saw it on World Star this morning. And it, I like. I can't watch that. I can't watch animals get hurt. Yeah, that, um, that I can't watch. The other thing I can't watch is I can't watch when uh, heel hooks or arm arm when bars are about to snap. Mm. I can't watch it. I can't. I can't oh. sit there and watch it. I'm like, oh, I like can... I'm like I'm like, oh, don't God, just tap, just tap, and I'm, I'm like looking through my fingers. Uh, but what I'm also doing is hoping that I don't hear it because oh, to the hear the sound of it. Is the worst. I can watch it. I'll watch it all the way through. It's the sound that'll catch me, but I will laugh. Like, I will laugh. Like, it's definitely one of those things that I'm completely desensitized. Did I ever show you the video of the the guy in Haiti that had the broken arm for, like, two years? The one that f- throws it around like a... No, no, no. He doesn't throw it around. He's just... He's been using it. Um, if you guys Google... Um, Mikey, Sp- Mikey Spaghetti Arms? <laughs> Mikey Spaghetti Arms. <laughs> Um, no, it's a, I want to say, what is it like doctors without borders or something like that? Just look at Dr. Um, Haiti broken arm. And 
this doctor is like you see the video starts up he's on a boat he's going to 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 some island and um he tells a story he's like yeah we heard a story of this guy who broke his arm like two years ago and never had it set it properly in but supposedly he, he can still use the arm no problem i've never heard of anything i guess so we're gonna go see if we can go help him out so he finds the guy and they're just sitting on the beach the guy's like all right let me see your arm so you look at the guy the arm looks fine. You oh, then he moves it out of place. And no, he doesn't move it out of place. He's like, can you show me? And then he goes, he makes like a curling motion. Like he's like curling like a dumbbell. And his arm gets an extra like 90 degree turn into it. So it looks like a step. So it's like there's one up bend, there's another one. And he's like, so it doesn't hurt? He's like, no, it hurt for the first couple of weeks. And then after that, he's just whatever. Like I didn't feel it anymore. He's like... It's amazing what the human body can do. Like, no, it's not amazing. It's a fucking broken arm, and he just broke, like, killed all the nerves. So, Steve Irwin? No, Steve Irwin died. This guy survived. Is he Australian? No, he was... Uh, then why'd actually, you break it? You broke into no, an Australian think, no, accent there, kind of. I think he did. I think he was, actually. Now that you mention it, I think he was. He might have been British. Oh, look at this beauty! Um, so, anyway, yeah, go check out that account. We kind of wandered off a little bit. Um... And then finally, what I wanted to bring up is um, there's a interview from, I guess it was the World Masters. Wait, wait, before we get into that, oh. back to the Australian thing real quick. Got I? I love Australian people. Shout out to, uh, to Bibby. I really do. I love Australian people. Uh-huh. But for some reason, not all the time, but sometimes... Uh-huh. I find an Australian accent extremely annoying. Example? No, just no example. Just sometimes I just find it. Sometimes it's fine. Right. And I'm like, oh, they're Australian, blah, blah, blah. Sometimes I'll hear an Australian accent and I'm like, oh, it's like nails on a chalkboard. Why? I don't know. I don't know. Why Why is the sky blue? Why is, why is Positrack on a, on a Plymouth work? How's what? That's Are from, you talking? That's about? from Joe Dirt. It's, oh, why, I haven't watched it. Why? Why? Why is the sky blue? I can't disagree. How exactly is a rainbow made? I'm How like, exactly does the positive track on a '68 Plymouth work? It just does. I'm like I that. don't know why it's like. That. I'm like that for certain British accents. Certain British accents, like the super slack jawed ones, I'm just like, uh, please don't, please don't talk. Let's let's just move on. We can stick to sign language. Um, but I love Australian people. Australian I love people. Australian people. Don't, Australian don't get people me wrong. I, I, and that's why I said that. I love Australian people. Yeah, Australian people I are just, shit. I just, for some reason, once in a while, their, their uh, accent is like grates on my well, ear just holes. Like, just like any other accent. Which I'm sure my voice does that to people too. Yeah, there's just, I'm sure people will hear my voice and go... That guy sounds like he's got a mouth got a cock of... in his fucking mouth. Big old BBC in his in his bearded jaw. Um I mean I can I can see that, but everybody's got a different accent. Don't be so judgmental, Sean. I'm not judging. Um okay, so the last thing that I was going to point out, um there's not a lot written on it, but it's a great interview to go check out. Uh, Roberto Jimenez blasts steroid use in jiu-jitsu. So if you haven't seen this, um, newly promoted brown belt Roberto Jimenez believes there's a problem with steroid use in jiu-jitsu. 
and he's not afraid to say so. So much that um, he actually got a little bit of crap. What are you doing, Petey? Just go ahead, step on my backpack. That's cool. He stepped in it. He didn't yeah. step on it. He stepped in it. So, Roberto Jimenez. Sorry for the the sidetrack. He uh, he had a patch put onto his gi before his tournament that said uh, something about like all natural, no steroids in jujitsu, something like that. And it's actually yeah, all natural, steroid free BJJ. And he put it on his ass. That's where he put the the patch and then he proceeded to do his best impersonation of Ace Ventura one when he just starts to speak from his butt cheeks and he just literally bent over with his ass towards the crowd and spread his butt cheeks and showed his patch now mind La. you yeah when he's like asshole mio so anyway he makes a lot of valid points, which I think you and I have spoken about before, that there is rampant use of steroids in jujitsu, and nobody really... Paul Harris! What? Paul Harris. I, no, no, what? Can no, you I, go no, ahead I and blow sneezed. out my mic some more? I no. sneezed. Sorry. But he doesn't... You didn't say God bless you. Well, yeah. I don't have or to. Or Gazuntai. Something. You I should, don't have to. You should say something when somebody say, sneezes like that. Yeah. Please don't sneeze. Okay. Just, Sorry. Yeah. Please. Try not to get your AIDS on my microphones. No. Um... Yeah, there's, there's a rampant use of steroids in jiu-jitsu, and nobody gets called out for it. And the couple of times that they do, they kind of get away with it. I mean, let's be honest. Who's the only person that's really gotten busted for steroids? Meow. Remember, he got oh, banned yeah, for a year. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's it. And then there was somebody else, I forget who it was, that he won Worlds. And then a year later, they said, oh, by the way... You tested positive for steroids, so even though he made all this money for this entire year as a world champion, now they take it away. So what I want to know is, is, is who do they test? The champions? Supposedly, they got to test pretty much everybody, or like it'll be like a random test, but even then, it's kind of like... That's an impossibility to test everybody. Sorry, I'm eating. Um, it is impossible, and it's too much money, but... So I, I I bet you they they post post test. They pick one or two people. I know. I, Mikey, I would I would say I would say they would, the smart thing to do would be to post test the champions. Well, I mean, like Mikey's gotten tested. Yeah. He posts up his results. A lot of times, people post up their results and show it. And here's um, the thing: the thing about Mikey, I've witnessed Mikey. You've witnessed Mikey. What Mikey and both both he and Tammy. Um, they have incredible work ethics. Yeah. They, I've never seen people work as hard as they do at such a young age to yeah. be what they are. And I don't mean just in jiu-jitsu. I mean school, all that stuff. Those, those two are... When someone says they eat, live, breathe jiu-jitsu, they do not. Yeah. Mikey sleeps, eats, poops... Everything jujitsu, everything that he does, is with a certain goal in mind or a purpose in jujitsu. And Mikey loves pasta. He loves it's, it. It's his favorite food. He's like a, a ninja turtle, but instead of it's pizza, pizza, it's, it's pasta. pasta. And yeah. and he avoids it for ninety eight percent of the year in order to compete. And Which be, is insane to be able to do like to work like that with no carbs. 
Well, he has carbs. He just doesn't do pastas. Yeah, but pasta is such a good carb. Well, yeah, but there's other more natural carbs out there, which, you know, they've basically him and him and Tammy have lived like professional athletes since they were in their since they were teenagers. No, even before that, since they were like eight. When they really first started doing jiu-jitsu and they were little kids, before they were teenagers. He was four, she was six when they started. Yeah. So, it's it's pretty crazy, but whatever, man. Um, I was going to tell you something, and I totally... Oh, so you missed out. We had a good weekend over at the car show this weekend. I saw it. I saw the pictures. It looked, looked like you guys had a good time. Yeah, it was pretty cool. It was fun. So, uh, this past weekend, um, a couple of the Temple crew members and I... Uh, all went over there, and uh, we Did checked out the car show. The the wifey. Oh, you didn't you didn't get a ride in a cool car. You had to ride your piece of shit. Don't hate on on my on my vehicle, bro. Don't hate on the on. No, the I'm Ford I'm, je- I'm jealous of your vehicle. I did get, actually get to uh, to ride on the back seat of the El Camino, the seventy five er. Awesome ride. Shout out to to Brooks. Congratulations to the news car. But you know what's funny is that. There's so many classic cars there, and there was this one guy. It's kind of crazy to see the attachment people have on their cars, and it's understandable, but it's crazy to see like how each one means something different to every person. There was this guy who had to be, he had to be like 70, maybe older, and he had an old, old, um, I want to say it was like an old Cadillac, whatever the fuck it was, an old Chevy. Anyway. He had roses etched into the glass and painted all on the back window, on the side window. And then I noticed it's only on the right side. Where his wife probably... Where his wife probably used to be. And he was so adamant about telling me, oh, go check out this, this, and that. And I was like, fuck. This car literally means everything to this guy. He probably met his wife. What? Yeah. It's like John Wick's dog. Right, exactly, where he loses the wife. Where, where and it, then... mean, it means it's a lot more than just a dog. It's yeah. an idea. It's the last gift. Or, you know, maybe maybe he had a his wife and him, that was their first car that they... they yeah, that was probably the first date. Oh, shit, you just fucking reminded me of a crazy fucking story. Did I ever tell you about the... Um, about the, the couple that I knew when I was... Uh, a dog trainer? No. So I was a dog trainer for about a year. And this was like in between trying to do all my stuff in the music industry. I came back from going out on tour. Didn't have a gig. So I needed to get a job. And um, I got hooked up with being a dog trainer out at PetSmart. Um, I ended up meeting this old lady who had this like shitty little fucking dog. That was, you know, the kind that's like in the shopping cart. Oh, yeah. And uh, just barks at everybody. So I told her, you need to get that dog trained. Like, that dog's a piece of shit right now. Like, it's going to bite somebody and you're going to get in trouble. So she comes in, starts taking, like, private classes, and she came with her husband. High school sweethearts, they were both in, like, their 80s. Um, High school sweethearts, he, like, went to the war, came back, all this stuff. He was starting to get Alzheimer's and, like, dementia and stuff. So little by little, like he was slipping in. So like, anytime they would come take classes, he was cool. Maybe he'd have like one or two little like split second moments. But anyway, um, so eight weeks I do training with this lady. The dog like completely changes. 
So then I tell her, I'm like, look, now you have to do the group classes because you got to train your dog to be socialized with other dogs. And it's basically the same course. And around week two or three of the training course, you teach them how to walk with the dog, how to properly walk the dog. And the way that they taught us to teach it was if the dog starts yanking at you like to go in a certain direction, you just turn about face and go the other way. So we have a class, I wanna say it was like a Friday night. And, um, and again, she's done this with me before, so it was nothing new. Sunday, I get a phone call from the husband in tears absolute tears bawling we're talking about a man who's been in the war he's in absolute tears he's like hey i'm like what happened i'm like i just wanted to let you know she got into an accident and uh she's in the hospital and the doctor said that she's probably not gonna make it i'm like oh fuck and like this this is a grown man crying and you know i'm asking what happened so it turns out that he was she was walking the dog and whatever like the dog started to pull so she turned around and as she turned around the dog wrapped uh the leash around her legs she trips smashed her head on the sidewalk she was fine she didn't pass out or anything but she complained about a headache so they rushed to the um they rushed her to the hospital er and stuff like that and she's complaining about this headache it's getting worse and worse turns out that because she hit her head she got like a blood clot or like an Mm -hmm. aneurysm whatever in between the two hemispheres of her brain making it completely impossible to get to so he's like bro it fucking hurts like thinking about it because it was so bad so he's telling me you know it's like the doctor says she's not going to make it but i just wanted to thank you because the last you know, three or four months that she's been working with you and being so happy with the dog is the happiest she's been in years. And it's the closest we've been in years because they were going to get rid of the dog, but she loved the dog. And it brought them even closer together because he would come into every class. So this man is crying on the fucking phone and I'm sitting there like holding back tears like fuck. And um, I like, I didn't know what to fucking do. I'm like, what can I say? You know? And this is literally the love of his life, the high school sweetheart, the fucking American tale down to the fucking T, you know? And come about, uh, that I got that phone call Sunday. Come about like Tuesday morning, I find out she passed away. She died. And um, they kept the dog, but he couldn't look at the dog anymore. He's like, I'm about to fucking throw this dog out the window. He's like, I can't look at it, the dog without thinking of her. So I'm like, listen, he gives the dog to his daughter-in-law and the son. And, you know, they call me up saying they don't know what to do. And I was like, listen, bring the dog in. Come in. I'll teach you the same things I was teaching her. I'll train you so you can keep the dog. I'm like, you can't get rid of that dog. Like, he'll, like that's the only thing left of her. Um, and I didn't charge him anything. I was like, it's on me. Like, I don't, like, I'll pay for it. Like, I'll teach you. I'll sit here, like, for an entire year if I have to. But you're keeping that dog. And, um, yeah, the guy after that, um, 
he's just completely fell into it. Yeah, he went downhill. He sure. went completely gave downhill. Up. Yeah, he yeah, gave up. He had no reason to try to. For sure. Like, uh, that was literally as the only thing that was, like, keeping him going. It was the craziest thing, man. It fucking broke my heart. To this day, when I really think about it, like, fucking kills me. Yeah. So that's, like, when I sit there and think, like, the, the weird things that people have attachment to is pretty nutty. Yeah, thanks for bringing the podcast out. Yeah, no man. problem. No, it's a, it's you know what? It's a sad story, but it's one of those things. It's like you learn to, to like fuck, man. You really appreciate the small things like that. Like I'm super close to my dog. Like that dog saved my life for sure. And my dog's right here. Yeah, Petey's right here. So he's the best. But anyway, yeah, that was a fucking crazy ass fucking. So story. let's let's get back to the um, to the car, the car uh, thing show. If you could. Have a classic car. What would be your top three? Ferrari. Like that red one you took the picture of? No. It's a Ferrari, I want to say either my, yeah, Mythos, Mythos, which was like a one-time make. Like you won't see, like you got to look up the photo. They don't look like the one in... uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off? No, no, that's like the Testarossa, no. It, this was, it looks more like the Enzo, but it was like a, a topless car. There's, It was a prototype. Okay. Uh, I would say that one, I would say a DeLorean, legit DeLorean, even though like it could only go like 50 miles an hour. And It went fast. No, it didn't. Yeah, it did. No, it didn't. It had a Lotus engine, but the car was so heavy because it was stainless steel. It fucking chucked. I was in one. My old boss had one. We yeah. went way above 50. Mm. Okay, 55. I'm so sorry. No, we were, we were doing like 85, 90. Impossible. The thing only goes it's up to true. like 80, 90. That's not true. I refuse to believe you were fucking redlining. We um, were in a DeLorean on 95 doing like 85, okay. 90. Anyway, DeLorean... And I would say the last one would probably be classic car, right? The hot rod, yeah, my hot rod. The hot rod that I want to build. An old, like, 30s Ford. No, the 30s Ford. The Model T was, like, the first car off the line. But it's, like, the old 36, like, bucket seats, all the kind of stuff. Yeah, we're totally apart on what we would want. Yeah. My first one would be the clown car. Trans Am. Oh, the fucking Burt Reynolds. Burt Reynolds. Firebird. Firebird. Right. Fucking classic. Trans Am fucking classic. Car. Same colors, black exterior Smoking with the gold. Smoking the Bandit. Smoking the Bandit. Right. I would also take a Dodge Charger. Nice. A la Dukes of Hazard, with right. or without the Rebel flag on the top. Right. But that orange fucking Dodge Charger. Was the shit. Yeah. Despite its racial connotations. Yes. Or I would take... My grandfather had an 82... Or an 80... No, 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 no. It was like a 78, 79 Chevy truck. Uh Uh-huh. That was just square. And it had... um, it was uh, green with a white stripe down the sides and, like, gold trim. It was, and it had, like, green seats. I can remember it to this day. But it, that square fucking old school Shape. Yeah. Chevy truck. Fucking love those. My grandfather was supposed to give me that truck. 
And then he said, nah, you a bitch, boy. This is my truck. No, what he did was he left it in a shed up in New York. Oh. And when he went to get it, it was all kinds of fucked up. There were so many things wrong with it just because it sat unused and, like, the tires were rotten off of it. Yeah. For, you know, it went through... You know, Western New York winters, where they get the lake effect on you ever seen, Lake Erie and, and on Lake Ontario, so yeah. it's it really cold in Buffalo. Yeah. So, you, ever, you ever seen those guys that end up like just finding an old barn or something? Dude, and they, they just it up? they just found. I just saw a story on Reddit. Someone just found one of those Shelby Cobras. Cobras. Yeah. Sitting in somebody's old yard. They found somebody actually found the the, the Aerosmith the van. Aerosmith tour truck the like original when, tour van thing. It's like yeah, like those people. Can you imagine? Like oh, I just bought this fucking lot of land for a hundred grand. It's I'm probably just gonna resell it later on. It's like oh, check out the barn. It's got a like I remember someone did that. They found a barn that had a lock on it. No one had been there for years. Open it up, and there was millions of fucking dollars worth of classic cars in there. Just like old, old classic cars, and they were still in amazing fucking condition. They had been sitting there, untouched. Can you imagine that? Were the keys in there? Yeah. It was someone just fucking stockpiling fucking cars. Funny enough, though, the you're talking about the, the Dukes of Hazard car. So when we lived in Italy, my dad had a car kind of like that. He fucking loved that car. So we were packing up to go to a, on vacation, and we would leave to go camping for like two weeks. This is back in Italy. We lived on the third floor. So I remember this fucking clear as day. If you ever want to piss off my dad, ask him about this story. So I was, I had to be like four years old at the time. So he had parked the car under the balcony. It was like a a weird complex. So you guys were dropping shit down to each other? No, not yet. (laughs) He's backing up the car. He's fucking done. So he's getting everything in there. He looks up at me and me, you know, just sitting there over the balcony because that's super fucking safe. He's like... Throw me a hammer. I'm like, no problem. I go back. My mom's in the kitchen. I'm like, dad wants a hammer. So he gives me the hammer. <laughs> and I remember leaning over the balcony, reaching out with the hand over. And I hear him, no, 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 no. <laughs> and I let go of the hammer. And I watched it slow motion just fall. Hit the back window. Smashed it into a million fucking pieces. <laughs> and I see him just drop his head like, fuck. I ran and just did a full MLB slide under the bed to hide because I knew I was in trouble. And he just came up. He's like, it's not your fault. Yeah, I told you to throw me a hammer. He had to go unpack the whole fucking car, repack a whole other one. And we ended up leaving like hours late because of it. My, uh, so it's, it's a running joke with, in my family that I have no handyman skills whatsoever. Yeah, that's a running joke with everybody. So, but the, there's a reason for this. Um, I wanted to learn all that shit. Right. I wanted to learn how to fix cars. I wanted to do that shit. I was a little kid, and I would, my grandfather would be fixing something, and I would crawl under the car with him or whatever, and he would shoo me away because he was so afraid that the car was going to roll oh. and I was going to get run over. So anytime I got interested in this stuff, which I would have been as a kid, as a three-year-old kid working next to his grandfather under the car... Mm. He would shoo me away. Yeah. And then that was with everything my whole life until I got old enough to, like, where they trusted me. Like, I was 12 or 13, and they were like, oh, you can do it. And I'm like, I don't want to do that shit now. Yeah. (laughs) 
I'd rather be sitting in here reading comic books and fucking playing Atari. See, I was the opposite. I didn't want to do any of that shit. My dad used to take me to construction sites and all that stuff. He'd teach me everything. Like, my form of fun used to be like he'd make me go outside and, uh, and rotate the tires. I would have to go change the oil on the car. I fucking hated it. Now I'm like, fuck, I wish I could do that again. I fucking hate. Like, real send, life. Fuck I real hate life. taking my fucking car to these dodos. Like, I told you what happened at Ford. They, like, fucking left tools in my car and shit. All kinds of stuff. I can't fucking stand that shit. But, yeah, you need to learn how to fucking wield a hammer, man. I can wield a hammer. You can't do oh, shit. Oh, I know. I can do wood. And, and I have... We have video evidence that the most you can do is vacuum. No, Steps. I can do wood. I can build shit out of wood. I've always... What I've have c- you built out of wood? I've, I've built a shit ton of ramps when I was a kid. And you, those... There's a shelf... Did you do it with plans or did you do it out of... Out of my head. Okay. And then the, there's a shelf unit, not a unit, but I, uh, I built this shelf thing in my garage mm. that I I didn't have any fucking plans for it. I just saw the idea for it in my head. If my house blows away in a hurricane, those shelves will <laughs> still they'll still be there. I I did real. I'm really good with wood for some reason. And then I really planned. There's a. Um, there's a place in Fort Lauderdale that's a blacksmith school. And I'm... Oh, yeah, yeah. Once I, once I graduate from college in uh, December, I'm probably going to go there. That'd and, be cool. And take a... Like, it's... There's a group on for it. It's like 200 bucks and you get um, three lessons and then you get like 60 hours in the forge. You got a... Uh, I want to do the uh, that glass blowing class that they have. Oh, fuck glass blowing. That'd be kind of cool. Because I have this theory... What's that? If the shit hits the fan... Well, what do you need to know? What, like, if the shit hits the fan, I need something that I can trade with. If you want something to really teach you that, go watch that fucking um, primitive technology guy. The guy that builds houses out of nothing. Fucking mud and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. But I'm talking about if I know how to build, if I know how to make steel... And, and look up Purgatory. I think Purgatory Ironworks. Yeah. That guy had a YouTube channel. If I can make knives and spearheads yeah. and arrowheads, there's a ton of those guys. Then on I'm, I'm golden. I watch that shit all yeah. the time. And then the thing is, is, is if the shit hits the fan, bullets have become in short supply. So you need to be able to make arrows yeah. and arrowheads and all that, so stuff. all that kind of shit. So if I can learn how to make that shit. Definitely primitive technology. Yeah. Primitive and I'm technology. not saying shit's going to hit the fan, but, but you, you never, never fucking know. know. Yeah. Look, man, if fucking Neil deGrasse Tyson has a bug out fucking shack, then yeah, then everybody kind of yeah. needs one. Yeah, there's a reason. Yeah. If, they're, if the smartest man in the world... So, well, I wouldn't say he's the smartest man in the world, smart? but he's pretty close. There's a bunch of other people that you, just because you don't know them, you don't see them on he's TV the all the time. smartest man in the world as far as I'm concerned. Once Stephen Hawking died... He became the smartest man. In the world. I don't know about all that. I mean, Elon Musk is doing pretty good for himself. No, he's a. There's a difference between brilliant and smart. Elon Musk has got the golden touch for sure, but he's going after pedos hard. He's going after that guy in in uh, the Philippines or whatever, pretty fucking hard. Yeah, well, Elon Musk, I think, might have popped a synapse or something. He's been going crazy lately. Well, he's you heard been what going. He did with with the stocks. Yeah. He fucked with people pretty hard. You could go to jail for that shit, can't you? Yeah, it's almost insider trading. I don't know. 
I don't know if it's insider trading, but it's a it's threat. A, it's a it's like some kind of market manipulation. Yeah, it's market manipulation. You could definitely get in trouble for that. But in his defense, though, he said like he he was thinking about it, and then people kind of freaked out. So people that don't know, Elon Musk had an interview where he talked about thinking about taking Tesla private. So because of that, people rushed to go buy stocks in Tesla. And then he and then, changed then, his and mind. And He's and like, no, I'm going to keep well, it public. Well, the, the people rushed to buy it, but the, but the sh- price dropped yeah. dramatically. So it's but like... He has been going like fucking balls to the wall because yeah. he had to meet the deadline to, well, to make the yeah, production of the he, new car. Which he did, they did. They met. But he was like sleeping in his office yeah. under his desk, like not showering for he days. Said he, like, and he said, anybody want this job? Yeah. You know what, though? I, re- I respect that because that's the same kind of grind that he was doing back with Amazon. No, PayPal. PayPal, sorry. Hey, what's the, it's the other guy that had Amazon. Uh, what's his face? Jeff um, Bezos? Bezos, yeah. He's a kind of a douche now, but if I had that much money, I would be too. For sure, I would be such a well, douchebag. It, it, it's the first trillion dollar company. And Apple just went into the trillion. When? Like two, three weeks ago. Apple became a trillion dollar company. As well? I believe so. I don't think so. Look it up. I'll look it, type it up right now. I know for a fact. I'll go to my finance.google. Um, so, yeah. It's uh, Elon Musk. Actually, know who I would fucking kill to have lunch with just an hour, two hours of his time? Is Warren Buffett. I don't know, man. Warren Warren Buffett, like, I get it. Warren Buffett is 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 one of the best traders of all time. Um, he there's there's a bunch of stuff that you can Warren say Buffett about. or Richard Branson. Richard Branson yep, is did. like a hero. Oh, did it Market not? Cap, One point eight trillion dollars. Oh, you dick, bitch! I don't um, watch the news too often, but when I do. I let it be fake Warren news. Warren Buffett, it's got a simple plan. Here we are talking finance on a jujitsu. Well, you know what? These fucking people need to learn how to make yeah. money because I actually want to fucking go off on so many of these fucking fighters, man. Did like, you see? Did you see that meme I posted? No. What? Or I sent to the group. It was basically everybody trying to make money in jujitsu when there's no fucking money in jujitsu. Yeah. But. Um, Anyways, with Warren Buffett. Warren Buffett has been trading since he was like 11 years old. Younger. He made his like a ton of money selling like knives door to door and all that but, shit. But no, I'm talking trading. Yeah. Trading. Um, what what he's he's got like a simple process. It all comes down to data. All yeah. he all what makes Warren Buffett successful is he scrutinizes everything. Yeah. And he's a contrarian. Contrarians, I'm a big fan of being a contrarian thinker. So if everybody's selling, he's buying. Yeah. If people are buying, he's selling. Whatever the masses do, he does the opposite. No, but he does such a good job at seeing things in the long term. He's all about long term. And he, the funny thing, what I really learned from him and like reading his books and stuff like that is how to do the research for long term stock investing to like really look at the long-term things and looking at the technology like okay well how's everything going what do they use and then going down to the granular level of at the actual 
um, I guess elements or whatever you would say the components that are made up for whatever it is that they're trying to sell and that's how you can see how things change speaking of which I actually want to bring um, uh, our buddy from Giraffe Choke who he made his uh, living in stocks and I once in a while I call him up for advice so shout out to, to Cyrus uh, he he would actually be a great person to bring it up but I know he doesn't want to fucking talk about that shit he's like I'd rather talk about jujitsu and MMA well here's the gods this is the truth about stocks it's fucking gambling for sure it's 100% legal gambling that's all it is people think oh it's investing it's this yeah it's investing but with the hope that it's going to go up, just like people invest in black yeah, on, on, on the roulette, roulette wheel. Same difference. But the fucked up part is that now we're to the point where you're better off gambling on that than you are putting in Social Security. But I'm not getting into any of that shit because I think it's funny. You know what I was – I really – like I was saying that what's fuck, that pisses me the fuck off with some of these fighters and stuff that – that you see on TV and on the news and stuff. And I preach it so many times and a lot of people still don't fucking get it to think ahead of the game. I saw a post today of Jacare with Vitor saying, oh, we're making, we're filming for Vitor's upcoming YouTube channel. Like, upcoming YouTube channel. And I, like, and he's actually reached out to me. His manager reached out to me a long time ago about maybe working with him. This was years ago. I'm like, Man, you retired. It's kind of too late. It's kind of too late. Like, yeah, there'll be a lot of people watching it, but let's be honest. What do you think would have gotten more traction? Gonna, how are you going to stay relevant now? That's the question. Yeah, you're not fighting. You're not fighting. You're not. And you're you're. <clears throat> not that he's a bad guy or anything, but you he's have an to amazing have, person. You got to have a personality that people want to watch. He's got a good personality. I know, no, I'm not saying not, he doesn't, but he doesn't have You don't have the that. exposure. No, he doesn't have the exposure that he had like he had even three years ago. Let alone, imagine if he would have started it in 2012. Yeah. And he would have had, like, the Luke Rockhold fight camp. The fucking Dan Henderson, like, fight camp, stuff like that. Like, man, you could have made so much fucking money. Even the guys that are, like, fucking in their, like, 30s, like, ranking... Like, you could make a fucking killing if you fucking decided to invest. Like, here's the thing. Invest in yourself. And you are a business. And this goes with the jujitsu fighters, too. It doesn't have to be a fucking vlog. It doesn't have to be anything crazy. But invest in yourselves, man. Like, people don't fucking get that. You you think you're fucking... You're, you're going to win maybe Pan Am's once and you're all of a sudden going to blow the fuck up. It ain't going to fucking happen, nope. homie. And, it's and- just not. Well, and the same thing ha- the, the same thing is for people who want to get sponsored. If you want to get sponsored in jujitsu, fucking, but we had to talk with with Al from One versus Knee. Yeah. It's like, no, man, you're no, not gonna get you're shit. You're not gonna get shit. Oh, just, hey, can you sponsor can me? Can you sponsor me? No. I've, I've won a few tournaments, and uh, I'm a purple my, belt. My and mom thinks I'm pretty. No, dude, you. you you have to be the best of the best, or you have to be a icon. Not a, not so much an icon, but a figure in the in the. You have to be able to bring attention. That's right. it. Attention. You, one form or another, you have to bring attention. Right. If you are fucking Joe Schmo and you know you post one thing like every two weeks, you're not gonna get shit. People are like, who the fuck are you? Like, look at the Rock. Look at how busy the Rock is, and he posts constantly. 
constantly. You have to give people a reason to give a fuck. But if you, if you go and you compete here and there, sure, you could compete a lot. But if you don't give people a reason to fucking follow you and listen to you, then no one gives a shit. You're not going to get a fucking dime. And don't think that because you get free food from some, like, meal company, like, here and there, or that local sub shop is fucking sponsoring you, that you fucking made it. You, you're you not shit. Like, if you really, really want to make money, and that's the thing that and fucking... And you're not going to make money from these sponsors. And that's what pisses me you. off. People like, there's no money in jujitsu. Yes, there is money. It's not from competing in jujitsu. It's from everything else that you could possibly do in fucking jujitsu. I still don't think there's enough money. There's not enough. You're not going to be a fucking millionaire, but you're going to sit there and be able to still fucking go out and do stuff. Like to me, the, the only money you want to know that that you want to make money. Here's the thing: if you want to make money in jujitsu, it's not going to be as an athlete. It's, sure, it's it's going to be as a commentator or reporter or. Doing pulling a Wagner Rocha and putting on an event yourself. Yeah. For those of you that don't know, Wagner Rocha has an event coming up. Major League Grappling. And um, did you find out the rule set on that? I haven't found out the rule set, but I'm going. It's next Saturday. Is it? Yeah. Fuck, I gotta go. I gotta hit up Wagner. So um, it's. Uh, the bottom line is, is, is it's a, uh, you're going to, the only way you're going to make money is becoming a promoter of an event that gets big. Like, if Wagner gets a lot of people to, to do his tournament, which he should get a lot of people. And he's got a cool idea. He's got a team, uh, a, a team aspect to Major League Wrestling, or grappling, sorry. It's just. <laughs> he went back to your wrestling roots. Yeah. That'd be cool if you have it set up. Think of it like a b-boy battle. Well, that's what it looks like. Yeah. Have you seen the videos for it? No, I haven't seen it. Yeah, so it's like they're doing like there's like I think there's eight different schools that are that are in it, and like there's a squad. There's right. there's a squad for the whole team. They all they all have different colors. Like a, like it's it's cool. Yeah. It's a it's a cool little idea. Um, I'm stoked for it. I'm I'm stoked for the jujitsu community. I think we need more things like that. Yeah, and. Right now, Wagner is a, uh, a, a star in the grappling community. I think I think he's making the, the the waves that he should have been making for a while now. But here's sure. the thing, and, and I believe him when he says this: he's not in it for the money. He wants to he he wants to promote jujitsu. He wants to bring jujitsu to the next level. I think and, I don't know if it's bring jujitsu to the next level. I think he wants to get rid of the bullshit stuff. And he wants to make a legit tournament where it's not about, oh, playing it PC and all this other stuff. It's really having a, a fight, fight, having a, a legitimate match. I think that's the thing that, that probably irks Wagner the most is the, the PC stuff and the bullshit that games that people play. I'd well, love to you, see if him. You're not the right, if you're not with the right team or you're not yeah. with the, it's like... IBJJF's not going to promote you. Yeah, They're, that's not their job. But they do promote certain people. Um, I don't know if they promote them as much as they use them. Use them, right? They use them. There's a big difference because I don't think they promote Mikey. No, they don't promote Mikey. They don't promote you know like Nicolini or or any of those they people. Bushesha. Yeah, they promote Bushesha because Bushesha will sit there and and he's got the insider on that stuff. I mean, but even then, it's he's. But it's gonna, like I. I 
here's the thing. Uh, IBJJF is the, I still say it's the biggest. It's the biggest tournament out or, there right well, now. Not tournament. I'm just saying like the biggest entity organization. organization. Yeah. And the problem is, is they're still kind of antiquated with how they, their rule set. They're not changing with the the, the times, times. Yeah. which I get it. You can't always change with the times because you don't know what's a fad and what's not a fad. Like, well, they shot themselves in the foot with the the whole thing that happened with Keenan and like the worm guard yeah. and like I understand the switch about the fifty fifty to avoid the stalling and things like that, but I think that they are. Like you said, they are not changing with the times, and they're risking. I don't think so much with the rule set as much as they are with the quality of referees. There's only so many times that people can complain about the referees and the bullshit that happens until people say, like, what the fuck? Why are we doing this? Like, I think EBI is great, but they want to make it a show. They're not making it an all-across-the-country like tournament. Right, which I get it, but I think it really should build up with kind of the EBI setup to a certain extent, and then at the end of the the year have legitimate rankings. Here's the thing: you can go and sign up for Worlds. I mean, you got to win Pan Ams to get some extra points, sure. But well, no, you just anybody, have to, you just have to medal once, once. So, but that's not really fair. It really should be. You fight your way up the ranks. And there should be a bunch of different events, almost like on a monthly basis. Like you have like a basketball game. You you get your rankings. And then, okay, finally, Worlds. Worlds are the top 30, 40, 50 people, whatever, of each bracket. And then you have a legitimate event. So you build everything up to the point where it's like, okay, it's the end of the year. This is my fucking, you know, World Cup. This is my, my uh, World Series. This is what I need to watch to right. know. Who's the best of the best? Not who is just good for that day. No, this person fucking yeah. The world championship. The, the world championship should be invitation only. That's, no, because even then it's still bad. It really should be earned all the way through. That's what I'm saying. That's what I mean by invitation. Invitation by ranking. Right. So like at the end of this, the for lack of a better term, season. You know, or end of the year, or whatever. You come in. December, you do the championship in the beginning of December or something, and it's only your top, it's only the top eight guys in each weight division. Well, it should be state to regions to finals and then to the championships. That's the way it should be. So you go and let's say you have the thing is, it takes a lot of money to put up those events, and it's hard to find enough. No, no, I agree. I get it. But it. If you wanted to do it right, then that would be the best way to do it. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if you I have would shit be fine. referees. I would be fine with doing the top, like doing a by points and getting the top eight guys from each weight class, and that's your that's your world championship bouts. Yeah, the top ranked, you know, guys from yeah. each each one, and in going in, like, and if you win the world championship. The next year, you go, you get an automatic invite, yeah. or something like it's that. It's cool that we have a setup where pros can or amateurs can compete against the pros. I think there should be an amateur and pro uh, level for jiu-jitsu. Yeah, there is definitely levels to fucking yeah. jiu-jitsu. So that's what I'm saying. I think that there should be a certain aspect where 
let's say the pros have their championship and then the amateurs have their championships. If you win the the amateur championships, you get the uh, like the opportunity to go up to pros. Because at the end of the day, it's kind of fucked up. But it's like okay, let's say let's say I was a a a black belt, but I only get to train three times a week, and then all of a sudden I show up at Worlds. Fuck, I gotta go up against Cyborg. That's kind of fucked up. You know, we both know how it's going to fucking end. Yeah. Well, and here, here's the thing. When I say there's levels to this shit, I mean that. And what I mean by that is, look, I am, I'm a black belt. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I don't know if I would say I'm a, I am average or above average because I've done very well in competitions. I don't think you've um, gotten to be tested as much as you should have. But I, I, I don't know where I stand. I could be well, average. I could be. That. I could be above average. I don't know, but I know this: that if I was to go in against, say, a purple or a brown belt, that's in the hunt for a world championship at the adult level, where they're constantly competing, I'm, I bet you I would get smoked. Yeah. By a purple or a brown belt. For, that Especially are, nowadays. Yeah, that are living that life of being a professional jujitsu athlete. Yeah. So and I under, so that's what I mean when I say there's levels. I understand, dude. I understand that I could potentially be beaten by people who are smaller, smaller and younger, younger and Less lower expect. ranked. Yeah, it, I get that, and and I'm not I'm not ashamed to say that because I understand where my place is in the jujitsu hierarchy. I know even yes, I'm a black belt, but that doesn't mean. I am the ultimate level of, of jujitsu just because I'm a black belt. I'm, I, you know, I, I know that I'm not where I can stand and where I can't stand. Yeah. So knowing that, I, I stay in my lane. Yeah. I don't, I don't. But I don't think you should look at it like in a place where you shouldn't challenge yourself. Oh, I, mean, I look don't. At, I don't. Look at the video that, that I sent you, was it yesterday? In uh, where was that? In like the Philippines, right? Where yeah, the, there's only, one, there's blue only one reason why I haven't competed over the last year and a half, and that's because of my back. Because your AIDS? No, that, that's your been herpes. Fine. That's been fine. And, super, and, super herpes flare. No, it's good. That's all good. <laughs> it's it's literally my back. If my back, if I could get my back to. Even eighty five percent. Did you look at those stretches that I told you? The you bills. No, I don't. The bills super for Wallace I don't ones. Know those fucking stretches. Dude, you gotta try this. But I'm if I you. could get my back to eighty five percent, I would compete. But right now, I would say it's fifty percent, if that. It's just what happens is if I stand for too long, my back seizes up. Or what can happen is if I stand for too long, my right leg starts to feel numb. Yeah. On the kneecap. And it feels like I'm walking weird. Yeah, you're pinching. You're pinching. I, I have a nerve sure. pinch. I got. I got a bunch of shit going on. But it's not. I know it's not a, a disc or anything because it's on the side of my. Yeah. It's by my hip. It's it's your tailbone, like towards the tailbone, it's, like it's the like, lumbar. No, no, it's it's over to the to the right, right. side. But it's like a sciatic, like, it's like a, all the way down. Some kind of a weird thing going yeah. on. And I, what I need to do is get back in to see the chiropractor. I started swimming again. That's actually helped a little bit. It's a big part because you're decompressing your spine. Yeah. So, like, I'm, I'm, I started swimming again. I started doing a bunch of stuff again. But what I need to do is go back to the chiropractor and get, get on that religiously. Yeah. But it's, you, you know, just that's reminded money. me. Yeah. That's money. And that, it, it costs money just to be normal. It costs money to be healthy. 
But you just reminded me, actually, shout out to uh, to our friends over at Novagenics. They ended up on the news. They had a nice interview the other day. I didn't get to actually see the final interview, but uh, the local news channel went over there to uh, the Novagenics office in Jupiter to interview them and get some information about what they do and like things the like PRP. that. Yeah. Um, I, and I don't know if PRP would help me. I don't know if it would help you, but I definitely think you could definitely use it. Um, I think you would dig it. I definitely want to do it for for my back and my shoulder. But, uh, hey, man, if you, if you guys need PRP shots, which I think a lot of athletes do, go check out Novagenics. I just want to give them a big shout-out because uh, I haven't spoken to them in a while. Yeah, they're good guys. Tim Bruce and uh, Andy. Andy. And uh, the Doc. We, I forget uh, Doc's name. He's going to get mad. Andy yeah. Stock. Andy, Andy Stock. Stock. Yeah. And the Doc. Yeah. The doc, The doctor there is a trip. He's, he's fun, fun to talk to. He's hilarious. And the thing I dig about him is that he's he's not one of those people that's quick to just throw medications. He does everything possible to keep from giving you any kind of actual medication. He wants to do it as cleanly and naturally as possible until it's like, okay, now you do need this. Yeah. So shout out to Novagenics. I think we could wrap it up. It's getting late. We got shit to do still. Um Anything you want to say before we sign off? No, not a thing. I just uh, be careful when you wear your rings. <laughs> oh God! My jujitsu guys, go no. invest in a silicone ring. Your wife should understand. Just take off the fucking ring or take I'm off the man ring. up. Get the get your balls back, and you can say I'm just rolling. Um, shout out to all of our sponsors. Big thank you for the support. Thank you to Chocaloha. Go to chocaloha.com. Check out Jit Soap. Oh, that's the one thing Soap I wanted Co. to talk about. What? We'll talk about it next week. Why? What is it? About the asshole in Chicago that tried to, or he, he did, copyright Aloha. Oh, we're going to talk about that next week then. Yeah, yes. for sure. We'll wait until we get some more news on that. Um, go check out jujitsusoapco.com. Get your uh, bath bombs and your antifungal spray for, for your clothes, for you, your booty hole. Go clean, your, go clean yourself up. Uh, Check out GiraffeChoke.com and shout out to MonstrosBrand.com. Go check them all out. Big thank you to support. And as always, please support the podcast by subscribing. And if you really want to support the podcast, go ahead and buy some of the artwork over at MyCosmicJourney.com. Wait, if you really want to fucking support the podcast, send me money. No, don't send Sean Send me cash dollars in my head. I'll take Bitcoin. I'll take Bitcoin too. Yes, you can send me Bitcoin. There you go. Hey, 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 what are you doing? PD getting into the chips. All right, guys. Thank you very much for all the support. We'll catch you guys next time. Go check it out, mycosmicjourney.com. Subscribe, share the podcast. And follow us singularly. Muchas love. Go follow Sean at Gorilla Boy BJJ. And check me out at uh, Sonder Marketing on Instagram. Peace.